Well, hi again, everyone. Welcome in to Unanchored Boston. This week's episode of Unanchored Boston, as always, is brought to you by Cold Springs RV, your destination for all things camping and where? We're in New Hampshire, of course. And the great George Gray at George Gray's Lexington Toyota 409 Mass Ave in Lexington. You will be a customer for life. Well, we've got a friend for life and a guest for life today. And Bob Lobel, tee him up and introduce him and once again. He needs no introduction, but let him go. Let me throw this breaking news at you at this moment. Yep. Right now that Adam Schefter reports on ESPN that Aaron Rodgers has indeed a torn Achilles tendon and is out for the year. Done. Out now. Now that just came over uh, as we're uh, going through the introduction. Believe it or not, Lanchy, just as your introduction was starting, uh, it flashed out. Aaron Rodgers is done for the year after four plays with the Jets. Now, that's that's a main storyline. What a game that was between Buffalo and the Jets. Uh, the Jets still came back to win. Everybody talks about the Jet curse, but that field goal that they that clanked off the goalpost that was no Jets curse. That was a you know it's almost like the curse is going out, as you can almost see it. The things that happened to the Jets last night after Rodgers goes down, but he's done for the year. Now, there are all kinds of things come up. Upton Bells will comment on all this. Lynch, you'll comment on all this. You go out and hire, to make a pitch to Tom Brady to come back after he's parading around the field at Gillette on Sunday and give him a piece of ownership to come back. What a story that would make. I mean, I really, I was hoping Brady would, would not come back anywhere, anytime. But I know Why not? I'm going to hate me to say this, but. Mr. Patriot for life may end up coming back to quarterback the Jets. Well, you know, what, what was interesting about Sunday was he said he's a Patriot for life, but he's never here. I mean, uh, it was a great speech he made. And of course, Kraft was Kraft, all about Kraft. But when, when Tom Brady says, good morning, I go back and put my pajamas back on because I don't believe anything. Uh, and that's, that's fine. That's, that's who he is. I believe uh, you guys have both played football. Lynchy, you were a quarterback. I, I believe that Brady could still play in today's NFL, <clears throat> particularly with a team like that. That is, in my mind, now we're only you know, a week and a half into this whole thing. That's the best defense I've seen in years, that Jet defense. I mean, they've got lockdown corners. <clears throat> they, they've got the pass rush. They kill you on the run. I mean, you can you can still win today with that type of defense. And and if that kid just, I think he's matured a little bit. I think he learned a lot underneath Rodgers. I know Mike's shaking his head. No, he's not. You know, he's he's not the answer. <laughs> I didn't say he's. I didn't say he's the answer. I I did say. Captain, isn't he though? Didn't she? Watched some games last year when he was absolutely the worst quarterback you've ever seen in the National Football League? Absolutely. But that's last year. Now, here's the interesting thing, whether it was BS or not. At halftime last night, the players credited him at halftime with getting them to come out and play the way they did in the second half. I, I agree. You have to go and get somebody. But on the other hand, if you have any shot with this kid, any at all, 
and you come in there and you put him down and bring somebody in that isn't quite as good physically or whatever else it is, I think it's a mistake. Uh, and I could be totally wrong on this, but if I had a defense like this, I know I'm going to, they're going to be in every game. Everybody here is writing them off, but they're going to be in every game with that defense. To me, that's the best. They won't, they won't score a point with him under center. He's horrible. He's horrible. They have to, I'm sure they're already on the phones right now, making phone calls, A to Brady and B to anybody who's got a pulse who can get under center. Instead of this, this kid is awful. It's awful. Brian Hoyer, bring Brian Hoyer, anybody. Uh, yeah. Well, they talked about Matthew Stafford this morning, and that's that's always a possibility. The Jets have, they all have money, but the Jets have all sorts of money. Unlike the Patriots, they're willing to spend it. This so, is your first call up into to Yee, or Lynchy, to, to Yee, Brady's agent. Isn't that the first call you make? Absolutely. absolutely. And you go I, from there. I, I, I would have called them last night. Because it was evident to me when he went down, that was it. And, and I've seen quarterbacks go down. I saw Unitas go down. I saw them go down. And the minute they went down, that way I said, see you later. That's it. Particularly as, as you get older, uh, which Rogers is. But I, I certainly would be on the phone. But again, you have to be, I think, careful that even if we think this guy can't do anything at quarterback. You've got to be very careful with your own team because if you are saying to your own team, we don't believe in this guy at all. He's just a stiff. Uh, I, 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 until you get somebody in there and maybe work them in over a period of time, you've got to be careful that you don't lose a lot of games, even with your defense in the meantime, while you're looking for somebody. They're in a terrible position. They're in an absolutely. Well, they number. are today, but they may not be by the end of the week if they bring somebody in like Matthew Stafford or one of these other guys. Do you think it's more of a psychological effect? I, you know what? You guys have been around players. I have been around players all my life, particularly football players. You never know what that mood is, and and I've seen times when I walked into a locker room and thought, boy, everything's really fine, and, and it wasn't fine. And, and again, the guys bitch and moan, you know, again, it's a long season. But this is a very crucial time now. They had a big win last night. And, and you, have to, you have to really worry, if you're Buffalo, about the way they played. As good a defense the Jets are, Buffalo stunk. I mean, and... I don't Mitch, know. He never made as many turnovers as Josh Allen ever. <laughs> What'd you say? Who? Lynch, he never made as many turnovers as Josh <laughs> Allen or anybody. Well, you had a double threat with Lynch because he could also kick. <laughs> you know, so the, there, there's, no, there's no question that when Brian Dayball left uh, the Bills, something happened with the quarterback. I mean, he is just so otherworldly talented, uh, but he didn't look at last night and, and they didn't look at now. Part of it is that jet defense. I keep saying that's, that's one of the best I, I have seen. And if a, anybody here thinks 
that they're that now they're talking this morning. Well, it's two wins for us now, and I'm saying what BS this really is. You know, you he, we've we've got an offense here that can't get out of its own way. Pretty good defense, but an offense, please. A five-yard pass is like the equal of fifty-yard pass here. So well, let's let's talk about a couple. Let's talk about the Patriots' performance and let's and ups and downs, and let's talk about the Brady celebration, which was the highlight, and then then the Jets and Aaron Rodgers done for the year. And these are all these are three huge stories. And then of course the Red Sox playing a doubleheader against the Yankees today that no one knows about. <laughs> Or five dollar tickets. Or cares less about five dollar tickets now, according to the Globe. We couldn't. We even back in '78, we couldn't get parking for five dollars. That's how far they've gone under. Anyway, desperate men do desperate things. I I think that for the first quarter of the game, Patriots game the other day, everything was everything was horizontal. Passes were hard. He threw a, a, a forty yard pass. To gain three yards, and finally, Bill O'Brien let him go vertical down the field. And when he was going vertical down the field, you know, first of all, you have fifty-three yards of, of space. When you're throwing horizontal passes, you've got about twenty yards of space because you're only using a third of the field. And that's when uh, Mac Jones really shone brightly. Where he didn't shine brightly, where he turned into, and I hate to say, use the, the name Drew Bledsoe, but he could bring the ball down to the 20 yard line, but can't punch it in and did the last two possessions. And I think that's, that's a, a, a big problem for this team. Uh, I don't even know what your other two things were. Mac, uh, you had Mac Jones. Uh, well, great oh, celebration. I'll, I'll just give my, my two cents and up and Bob, you can jump in. I thought the speech itself was a great speech by Brady. He didn't waste any words at all. I thought, but I thought the timing of the whole thing was horrible. I thought that they should have just devoted that game to pumping up Mac Jones and this offense against the Super Bowl team, the Philadelphia Eagles, rather than – Mac Jones knew that every single move that he made was, whoops, Tom's looking over my shoulder, Tom's looking over my shoulder, Tom's up in the in the box. And I thought that was unfair to him. They should have done it in, in some game middle of the season against a, a, a game that – a team that that they that, that wasn't the, whole, the opening game for the season. Well, Shaughnessy's first line was that Tom would have won it. Yeah, I know. He's right. Fact, do you believe that? Yes, I do. I do. I, I, I think he. I definitely think he would have won it. I, I do agree with Mike. Uh, I, I think this was all Kraft engineered. I mean, I, I think that Kraft is so anxious to make up for letting Brady go and not step in that he was open to anything. You could walk in and take 500 million out of Kraft safe uh, just because he wanted to show Tom that he loved them, the kissing, the hugging, the long speech, everything else like that. But the whole idea that, that a kid is coming back off a bad year, you know, coached by two schmoes that, that Belichick brought in, lost the whole season. And you come back in the opening game against the runner up to the Super Bowl. And, and you're going to have Brady Day. The other thing I really thought was stupid. That, that ceremony should have been pregame, not at halftime. First of all, you, could, you couldn't see it until they gave you a replay later on. <laughs> but the other thing is, this is not, New England's not Schmoville. 
having Brady ring a bell. Jesus, are we going to are we going to now have every Tom, Dick, and Harry on the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa ring a bell before we goddamn game? Yeah, but you can see Providence and Boston from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except, 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 Mac can't reach it. So, I mean, it, it's just they spent millions of dollars on 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 that huge scoreboard and on the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And they wouldn't go out and, and they wouldn't go out and buy good players. That's that's what would really piss me off. And you know what? That's the owner's responsibility. You know, well, Chris was this, was this celebration yesterday a celebration for Brady or celebration for Kraft? Well, I, I think there's no question it was a celebration for Kraft. Uh, he's he's like Punch's pilot, he wants to wash the hands. <laughs> And 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 basically say, Tom, I love you. I had nothing to do with this. Blah 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 blah. But that that was about him. That was asking for absolution from Brady, and he got it. He got the kiss and the hug and everything else. I do agree with Lynchy. I thought it was a terrific speech. By the way, Brady claims that he called Peyton Manning uh, to get his advice on giving that speech on Sunday. So uh, I thought it was the only part of it was any good was was his speech. The rest, please, schmaltz, Hollywood schmaltz. You want to see a little bit of it? Like the two minute things, the two minute thing that the Patriots played at tape. You got two minutes to watch this, Mike? Sure. All right. Let's let's roll it and, and show you the two minutes that this was on Twitter and in the stadium on the giant scoreboard that blocked out the sun uh so he has never experienced anything like this in a super bowl that play tougher harder tougher everything once down by 25 the patriots are even with atlanta gonna be a little story second and goal to go from the two toss sweep right for james white Dive into the goal they have completed the greatest comeback in super bowl history this is unequivocally the sweetest Second year backup Tom Brady into the starting role for this Sunday's matchup. It's our time, fellas. It's all for this moment. One, two, three. After Brady, Look, starts to run with it. He's down to the five, and he's in. Touchdown. Fires down the field. Caught. Stopping the clock at the Ram 36. Kick is on the way. Good. And the Patriots are super close. He went right over the top. At any rate, I know. <laughs> Jesus. Who, but anybody, anybody I, I did not get it. I only got about maybe two minutes, right? Of the halftime speech? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's it. It was. Anybody get it? I didn't get it. No, it was on Twitter and. Uh, that's how I got it. At the stadium. Yeah. And, and uh, a BZ. Uh, Steve right. Burton and company, they re-ran the... Then, of course, Belichick was his charming self after the game. Oh, as, oh God. Don't don't get me in the second guess. That, did you see that, Michael? Of course. That's the best part of the whole day. Much must-watch TV, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. When they when they struggle and when they lose, you, you have to watch the fifth quarter because you know what's coming, you know the questions are coming, and, and you, you just go, oh, no, please don't ask that question. No, no, no. But why, why, why would you ask a question 
Why would you even go? Why seriously? Why would you expose yourself to that kind of personal ridicule? Well, I, I can tell you this. I, I I've been watching coaches uh, give speeches. Uh, of course, going way way back, there weren't a lot of post game things. Of writers would walk into the locker room and they walk into Shula's room or Paul Brown's room or anything, and, and they'd ask the questions and they would get their answers. <clears throat> But the sheer arrogance of Belichick, uh, I mean, you can call him the greatest coach of all time. You can call him whatever you want. But, but the absolute, and, and I will tell you this, the media is somewhat going after him with some of the calls that he made uh, instead of instead of kicking the field goal or going for the first well, down. How can you kick a field goal if your field goal kicker's kicking for Tennessee and kicked five field goals during the day? Uh, for Tennessee, five for five, Nick Folk, and then you don't even, you don't even trust the, the rookie kickers that you have. What's is that legitimate, Mike? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, be, but you you know something? I've seen it. I've been around coaches that lose it, and I'm not saying Belichick is lost the whole thing, but there is something there that that I think and feel that I saw in other coaches, whether it was Shula, Paul Brown, you name them, the greatest. There comes a period, even today when guys are, you know, 71 is is young right now, supposedly. But something is missing from this guy, and it's not just Brady. I mean, I can tell you this, and I think Lynchy, I told Bob this last year. If I were the owner, I wouldn't give a damn what anybody said. I, I would have brought Belichick in and said, okay, you're going to hire these two coaches with no experience whatsoever. Uh, we're going to lose a year with this quarterback. I just want to put you on notice. If this doesn't work out, you're gone. Now, we know Kraft doesn't have the balls to do this. But, but if you legitimately, if you guys are running a business – and you come even even in your business. If you did in your business what he did last year, you guys would be out the door. We are, and, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> we all. We, but, even they very good, Lynchy. But 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 look at it. <laughs> that was as good as a catch right there. It was great stuff. How do you get away with this? I, I, here's, here's how you get away with it. You step aside and you become, and you let Jonathan become the president of the team and have the blood on his hands, not on your hands if you're RKK. Agreed? Yeah, but what father would do that to his son? <laughs> the, the, the two people who were standing behind Tom Brady on Sunday afternoon at halftime, those two people. Pontius Pilate and Pontius Jr. <laughs> but, but, right. But but look at that. Look at that. I'm trying to think all the way back of all the bad situations I've seen and the bonehead uh, moves that maybe coaches have made. And, and yet I consider this the most egregious thing I've ever seen. I mean, you, you don't. I, I know this. You couldn't get away with it. If, if you walked in 
let's say whether the owner was Carol Rosenblum would cut your throat in a minute. If you walked in and did that, he might fire you before you even hire these two guys. Uh, so I, I think with all the credit that's being given to Kraft, well, he got him to, to bring in Billy O'Brien and he got him to, to do this and he got him to do that. Do we really know that? Do any one of us really know he's taking credit for it, of course, uh, you know, cough, cough, whatever it is. <laughs> but but when you really look at it, I'm, I'm looking at it as a hard realist. That's why I'm not in the game. Because I, I, I don't believe in all this diplomacy and BS. The bottom line of the NFL is the bottom line. You win, you stay. You lose, you don't. If Belichick doesn't get Brady, and I, I'm not denying any of his, his defensive genius and everything else as a coach, if he doesn't get Brady, where is he? He's in Palookaville. That's the NFL. Well, his record does not does not disagree with that. I mean, if you go, it's been pointed out, you know, the record with Brady versus the record without Brady, blah, blah, blah. But you also mentioned, I want to ask Lynchy what you what he thinks that Belichick is missing. He said he's missing something. Is it humility? Is it uh, a sense of humor? Is it, what, Mike, go ahead. He misses Ernie Adams greatly. Um, when he's in, uh, when Belichick is on his headset in the sidelines, he would talk, wouldn't talk to the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. He'd listen in and monitor the conversations. But everything <laughs> Belichick said, and everything that came through his lips was aimed at Ernie Adams. What do we got, Ernie? What do we got? What do we got, Ernie? What do we got? What do we got, Ernie? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? He misses him greatly, greatly. And do not – you can talk about Dante Scarnecchia. You can talk about Josh McDaniels. Um, what is he missing? But I think he's missing Ernie Adams. And Ernie also was a guy that would be a calming influence on Bill. Every time we look at Bill now – He's got his headset off, and he's like, you know, what's going on? What that, that, that? And he, and he seems to be he sure can yell at the referees, right? Yeah. Maybe once a game or some technicality, you know, people. But this seems to be every time he takes the headset off, he's he's just losing his mind. And I think the guy that brought him back to okay, let's let let's not look in the rearview mirror. Can't look at what just happened. Have to look at what focus what's going on now is Ernie. There is no Ernie anymore. And there's no other senior voice in his ear. There are young voices in his ear. There isn't a veteran voice in his ear, like Dante Scarnecchia or Ernie Adams. You know, what else, you know what else is missing? Well, I would say one more thing, Upton. You know what else is, is no longer around? And that's the committee that you're on to pick members of the Patriots Hall of Fame. Because the craft basically picks members of the Patriots Hall of Fame. He decides who gets in and who doesn't get in. He decides that Brady gets in no matter who, whether your committee recommended him or not. And it's, you know, special, uh, special event getting him in next June. And he decides that Parcells is not getting in because he doesn't want him in. So it's a matter of, so I'm sorry, Mike, but your committee really has been rendered, you know, inept or... Well yeah, sterile. You've been sterilized. But, I but here, yeah, here's what I think that whole thing. <laughs> Kraft, you know, kept 
saying to the media, yeah, there's going to be a big surprise, right? There's going to be a big surprise. We're going to make a major announcement. And then I heard this announcement. I'm saying, my God, you talk about, talk about falling flat on your ass. What, what does that mean? The, the, the alleged greatest quarterback of all times. So you're, you're not going to make him wait four and a half years. What's the big deal about that? That well, is, you had to gone in front of the committee. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's right. That, 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 that whole routine. But again, going back to, to Belichick, and, and Mike, I agree with you on Ernie Adams, but you know where I think his greatest failure has been and, and Brady has covered up now. They, they've had some great players here, but Brady has covered up for He has been a bad general manager and particularly lately. And if you if you want to put blame on why this team is where they are right now, look at the last four or five drafts. This one might be okay. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, Jesus Christ, I mean, uh, a, a, fly, a, a fly could go faster than that guy. I mean, what what is, who is doing the picking in the draft? I swear this too. That if Mac Jones wasn't there when Belichick picked, he wouldn't have picked him. He fell into his yeah, yeah, yeah. He he fell into his lap. Did you see him? If he if he valued him so much, did you see him trading up to get Mac Jones? I don't know, and I I think that's the one thing that I will say is I think that Belichick knew. From the very beginning, some of the downsides of Mac Jones. That and and the first thing to start with is his arm. This game, as you guys know, this game's totally changed now. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it's the big, strong, quick athlete with a gun for an arm, uh, who can run with the football, can, who can escape. Even you look at Mahomes; they can escape. Mac Jones really. No, he He's very smart. He can do none of this. He goes down too easy, doesn't he, Upton? Yeah. Goes down too easy. Well, that, I, I watched the other day on the interception. You talk about a how-do-you-do shot. As the guy is running by him, the, the Eagles who intercepted the pass, I mean, that, that was a bigger windmill than what happened against the Raiders. I mean, it just it, – it's just – and, again, I, I'm not looking to find – you know, so many things wrong with Mac Jones. I just don't think he is the total answer. But I don't think that there's anything else with it. But where is where is the failing be here? If if I'm looking at it, you guys are in a judgment business. Where are the failings here? First thing I remember years ago, talking to Pete Rosell about the 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 balance of power in an organization. When, when he was a Rams general manager and they, of course, had a head coach. And he said, Upton, remember one thing about a coach. He usually is not going to be around for the time when you have to pick up the wreckage of what he's brought you. So always split the duties. And there was no splitting of duties here. How many coaches in the NFL actually are over and control what a player gets paid. How many? I say zero. How, how, how many coaches totally have, have total control 
over the whole operation. And that that's a yeah, go ahead, Lynchy. One. One. He's he's got complete control over everything and it's driving Robert Kraft crazy. But he did it. Mike, he did it. One of the things that Kraft said, and I remember when Kraft owned a piece of the of, of Channel 7 with David Mugar and then screwed Mugar when Mugar was looking for the money to, to keep them going. And one of the things that Kraft always said, Uppy said, I run my business by giving control to one person and they're responsible for the whole operation. So I know when something is wrong, they're the people I go to. That's good in an organization, in a business organization. That is not good in football. Where you don't have some balance, counterbalance, where you don't have a general manager and a coach, at least equals, you don't have to necessarily put the general manager over the coach. But look at it here. Look, look, look at how many players, again, left here unhappy. The ultimate is maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks in history, left here because they wouldn't pay him. So when I look at somebody's record, and that's what I look at. And that's yeah, but he's a patriot for life. Huh? Yeah, but he's a patriot <laughs> for life now. Right. Hey, come on, everything's got its trade off. Everything's got its, you know, everything's got its value. We want to talk about uh, one of our friends for life, friends for life and business friends for life. And that's George yes. Gray of George Gray's Lexington Toyota. You're thinking about a new vehicle. Go where Lobie and Lynchy go. Go see our good friend George Gray at George Gray's Lexington Toyota. Lobie and I have been customers for years because we know George Gray will treat you right. He treats us right. He treats anybody, everybody right. They're a family-owned and operated dealership that we trust and you can trust as well. Go see the great George Gray at George Gray's Lexington Toyota 409 Mass Ave in Lexington. He's one of the great guys, one of the great owners. And maybe Robert Kraft should take a lesson from George Gray, right? Well, he is the owner. He's the general manager. He is the coach. He is this, you know, he does it all. He's the quarterback. He does. And they have the greatest service available. What can more? Even the un unemployed exports casters come in and uh, negotiate a great deal for a car. And Loby and I have been right. doing it for years. So, but George, you don't have a job. But George. <laughs> so, so, so shouldn't George be called the big wheel? Yeah, yeah, the big wheel. Big wheel right. no, he's the big. He's the, the big, big wheel. wheel. I like that. What? What? You know what? When when you own a football team, and I know the owners today have changed a lot. They're business people more than really sports people. They they are truly bottom line. Most of them. Those days are over. Of the sportsman owner, goodbye. But if if you're a bottom line business person, again. Do you give a coach, most coaches get fired. Do you give the coach total control over your team? Think about this. I remember one time having this discussion with Don Shula, who everybody hates here, but he said, Upton, I never want to be in the everybody position. Doesn't hate him. Belichick's just chasing him. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. And remember, Shula set the record of playing only 14 games a year, not, not now 17. That, sometimes that's, 12. Huh? Yeah. And sometimes 12 games a year. <laughs> that's correct, Lynchy. So when you look at, at what happened here and you see that one person is charged, one thing Shula said to me is, 
I never want to know. This is years ago. I said, I never want to negotiate contracts with players. And I said, why? He said, because all you can do is make enemies. And think of how many enemies left here. Maybe they were already finished. Maybe they weren't good anymore. <clears throat> but your head coach had control over the player. And you don't want your head coach to have, you want him to have control over the player on the field, the player that plays for him. But you don't want him to have control over his contract. You don't want him to have control over, sole control over getting rid of somebody. Hey, Upton, let me ask you a question about Shula. Did he take the snowplow game to his grave? It really pissed him off. I know that because I talked to him right afterwards. And and what pissed him off was he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to make sure that rules change. He's, he was big on this, and people really find this hard to understand about him, particularly in the cynical world that we all live in. He said, I, I live and die by the rules. And he said, the Patriots didn't live by the rules. Now, you might say that's corny, old school, whatever else it was. But, th but that's, I, I, I would try to kid him about it. But every time I tried to, it really pissed him off. So probably well, not. Steve Grogan told us last week that he had Mark Henderson, uh, he, asked, he asked Henderson to sweep the, uh, uh, the sideline, the inbound, so, so he'd know where, like if he's thrown a pass to the sidelines, he'd know where the out-of-bounds line was. Well, Henderson went down the line, and all of a sudden he went and banged, banged left and came out. But he, he usually – John Smith liked to kick uh, – in those days he was seven yards uh, from, the, from the line of scrimmage when he kicked a, a field goal or an extra point. But uh, John Smith always liked to go seven and a half yards. But Mark Henderson screwed it up and cleaned the spot six and a half yards from center. <laughs> so that thing could, wow. could, could have been blocked. And never have gotten off at all, and um, that would have been something. But uh, that was a three nothing game, and uh, Steve Nelson got the game ball, right, Brent Lobby? Yeah, he did because he did. they're going to shut out the shut out the the Dolphins. But where would you put Belichick in, in the coaching? Parcells, um, Shula, Brown, Alice, Alice, right? All. Andy Reid, or, uh, you know, where would you I, put Belichick? Well, I mean, if I was being honest, I, I would. Yeah, we want you to be honest. Paul, Paul, Paul Brown, to me, was the Moses of football. He, he brought everything that's still in the game today. He was as brilliant a tactician as I've, I've ever seen. And, and, uh, and Belichick's father would agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because. Belichick's father used to come to Colts training camp, and he ended up rooming with me. And I think he brought Bill one time. Was a, loved his father. His father was a total opposite of this guy. Uh, you know, outgoing, fun, kidding around. You know, the whole routine. But when I look at it, Paul Brown would be number one. Shula would be number two, for this reason. And people say, well, he didn't win the ultimate with Marino. And that is absolutely true. But look at all the different quarterbacks that he took to the playoffs, including probably the greatest feat I've ever seen. People forget a guy by the name of David Woodley, who was their quarterback, that, that, he, that he was able to take to the Super Bowl. And they came within one John Riggins run 
at the end of that game of winning a Super Bowl with nobody. So he won with a running game. He won with the passing game. He won with Greasy. He won without Greasy. Did he have a bad Super Bowl record? Yes, he did. But look look at the six Super Bowls the Patriots won. Any one of the first, particularly the first three, could have been lost. They went right down to the very end. Still, the rec- the record is there. But I would I would well, put you- them all, Bupton. I mean, there could have been lost and could have been won. The, uh, no, 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 there's, there's interception. The, uh, the Carolina kick at uh, when they played in Houston. Any one of those could have been lost or could have been won. That that's that's correct, and I mean that's what it gets down to. Unlike any other sport, it's one it's one game. But I but I would I would put uh, Shula ahead of him, and I I'd also uh, put Lombardi in there. I mean. You'll remember then there were only 16 teams. You, 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 every Tom, Dick, and Harry now makes the playoffs. You can say the players are better. They're more greater athletes. They're more greater teams. I don't believe that, by the way. I think that we're in true mediocrity outside of the, like the top 10. But, but when you really look at it, Lombardi won when, when you really basically Either you won your division or you were going home. And so he won all the big games, including the one against us when we had Tom Matty at quarterback, one of the greatest games, defensive struggles ever played. Uh, but basically, I would have Lombardi in there. I'd also have Bill Walsh. I mean, you talk about – they can talk about Belichick being a defensive genius. Bill Walsh was a genius, period. I mean, he, he – he was one of the people that totally changed the game. So I, w- I would have him in there. I, w- I would have maybe Chuck Knoll because Knoll brought defense back in. And, and probably the greatest defensive team I've ever seen is the Steelers of the 70s. You're never going to see the, those players again. Are you I think saying you put all those guys ahead of Belichick? Probably, yeah. What about Parcells head-to-head? If you go on record, Parcells didn't win like uh, Belichick did, but I don't think there's any Belichick without Bill Parcells. What if Parcells had been here instead of Belichick during the Brady years? They still would have won. They, they, they still would have won. And I'm sure that the difference is, first of all, he wouldn't have necessarily, Parcells didn't want anything to do with contracts. And if you remember in the beginning, Kraft wasn't going to trust him very much anyway. Uh, but but in the case of Parcells, do I think he would? I, I think any really good coach, and this again is I don't want to come off as sounding like I'm knocking Belichick. I think any really good coach would have won with Brady. He was that extraordinary. The two players in history, two quarterbacks in history that I claim could have won with any coach. One was Unitas and the other was Brady. All right, let's, um, speaking of quarterbacks, what are the Jets going to do? They're, they're not going to stay with this guy. He can't be their quarterback. The kid with the headband. And, you know, again, he didn't win the game last night. The, the, the special teams won the game. You know, he could have played 60 hours of overtime and he wouldn't have crossed the goal line. So they got to right. get somebody. They, they need somebody like 
<laughs> like a Joe Flacco, a uh, Nick Foles, um, guys that have played, guys that have won. And this is going to be that they need an Earl Morrow is what they need to come in and take this team. Not till Aaron Rodgers comes back because he's not coming walking through that door until 2024. But they they need to do something now, and they need to do something this week. And Jeremy, this, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my Garoppolo. God. Anybody? Here, I mean, here's what I'm here's what I'm going to predict. What you say is absolutely right. Makes absolute sense. But I believe they will look to pick up. Uh, you know, a decent backup. But I think that they are going to go with this kid until he, I, I know you're shaking your head, but I'm just telling you, I, I you, you can say what you want, but the dynamics of, of the team right now is I think that they'll let him play till he plays himself out of it. Now that might be only one game. I thought he played himself out of it last night. Well, he he might very well have, but but basically, you guys have been in locker rooms, and I can tell you, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I I think it would be a, a louder, more confident statement to the team than to leave them with this guy. This guy's It won't be long before he's seen ghosts too. It won't be long before he's he's seen something, some type of apparition. But let me, he's not the answer. He's horrendous. I don't even. I wouldn't come on. Let him come on this show. All right. <laughs> well, come on. We do have our standards. Well, no, well, I, I, I know you guys do have your standards. You, well, you get, no, seriously. You, you get all you get quite easily. Well, you what, get, what happens if they sign? They sign Brady. Okay, you know they're not going to do that. But I would wish they did. If they sign just for the just for the drama of it, if they sign Brady. What would the fans' reaction here be if that happened toward Brady? I'd love it. I would Traitor. love it. You, you right. think, Traitor, you, how could you do that? Patriot for life. We put you in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. And, you, you know, we made, you, we, we made you Patriot for life. We brought you back. And now you go and do this. Well, let, let, me, let me ask you this about Brady. We get to see him play twice. Do you, really, do you guys really believe down deep? that Brady has an overbiting love for this town? No. I don't. No. But no. Brady's a West Coast kid. He didn't give a right. shit. Right. Uh, you know, it, 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 it is, he is, he is. Well, that's not the point. That's not what I'm asking you. Yeah. I'm asking you about, you know, would he, would he just do that? Having just done this, this weekend, would he just turn around and do that? Even for a piece well, of the team. I love you today. I don't love you tomorrow. It's the story of life. You're the you're the best till I can find somebody better. You know, it it, it is. I think it'd be one of the great stories of the NFL. I, I'm all for this, by the way. I I think it would be and I honestly believe that if he went to New York, even though it would take him time to get back to everything else, can you imagine the confidence? that players in that locker room would have with this guy. He's always been able, for all the crap that he does, you know, the Museum of Fine Arts and all that other bubbly bullshit, for all that stuff that he does, players love him. He's one of them. He's, he, 
he goes in and he changes the attitude in the place. And if he went in there, can you imagine New York right now? <laughs> they wouldn't be worried about vagrants in the street. <laughs> I mean, every everything would be fine now. The Statue of Liberty would... They, I agree have to... it would be the greatest story. Would Brady even risk that? Now that he's accomplished all these things and won Super Bowls with two teams, would he come back and like be the greatest of the greatest? Well, if you're talking about egos, which we all had, I would do it. Why? Well, I mean, if I thought I could do it, what is a greater story? Forget the Tampa Bay schmucks. This is this is <laughs> New York. This is the Statue of Liberty. This this is the universe. He's got a kid there. You know, they, as they, as I said, they were showing today him playing basketball with his kid in New York. He was in New York last night, but. You know, he was gone. He, he was in New York in the third quarter. <clears throat> a helicopter took off from um, from Gillette Stadium in mid-third quarter, and we believe Brady was on it on Sunday afternoon. He, this, you know what this is? This is one-stop shopping for him. You know, he, he comes in here, tells him he loves him. He runs down to the end. He does all this crap and everything else. And I said, listen, I love him as a player, but all the other stuff, please spare me. You know, he hated the winter time here. Both of them did. They, I mean, he hated the New England is reality. Everything okay, that's else. Why, that's why I have to ask you to check out this fabulous selection of motorhomes from Cold Springs RV. If you hate the winter time and love the fall, this is the time to grab a motorhome from Cold Springs RV. Hang on, Upton. Just I'll be with you in just a second because we have a big question to ask. We probably asked you this question before. <laughs> Go check out the deals and enjoy the pressure-free environment. Go up there, look around, browse for all the possible things you want. A large display of pop-ups for summer camping fun, for fall camping fun. Uh, it's all summer's long gone, but fall's here to stay, uh, truly. So get on up to Cold Springs RV. Check them out online, coldspringsrv.com. It's that simple. Make it a fall to remember with a camper from Cold Springs RV. Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire. Where? But by, by the way, just uh, west Manchester. By the way, what? Go ahead, because we the, have a the, the minute I hear this, I wonder how soon Clarence Thomas will get in touch with him, so he can get his camper. We all remember John Madden. Wouldn't fly. He had a Madden cruiser. He drives, you know, everywhere across country. Well, Cold Springs RV is still in production <laughs> stages, but they're they're, they're going to design a Lobie cruiser, uh, and we're going to let our guests take the Lobie cruiser across country. Uh, everyone's oh, going to please right right here. I hate flying right here. You know the one thing I've always wanted to do. I remember John have to interrupt the host. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you kidding, Joanne? Yeah. Joanne, we got a camper. Jesus, this is. This saves my life. You know, right, so, but, but you can't take Joanne. You have to take somebody else to ride shotgun with you. And it could be someone from the present, someone alive, someone or dead. Unfortunately, Joanne is going to have to wait. You get to pick who rides shotgun with you cross country. So who would it be? And Lynchy and I are out. We're not part of this. We're yeah, not we're part right. of this. But, but here's, here's the problem. Since my accent, I can't drive anymore. So, all right, this, this personal drive, you go who, shotgun. Who would I, who would I pick? T 
to, to it to, to be a shotgun going across the country. We're, and we're not eligible. <laughs> you're not you. Uh, I, I've got I've got a couple of ideas here. Well, okay, we'll crystallize them real fast. Oh, <laughs> uh, you Jesus. can pick Belichick if you want, Brady. I don't care. No, no, no. I, 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 w I wouldn't want any of them. Um, who, what's what's the name of my favorite singer? Lover. Tony Bennett. No, he's dead for Christ's sake. Yeah, you know? I know. Joanne, who, who, who's my favorite singer? I can't remember her name. How the hell are you going to drive across country with her? I, 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 it skipped it because I was so zeroed in on with you guys on. If, if you don't take me, you're not going Joanne, help her. No, Joanne, help him out. What's her name, Dustin? What's her name? What's her name? She she appeared at the at at uh, shape and not shape, Taylor right? Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. Joanne says. I thought you were going to say Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. No, me and Taylor Swift. Yeah, okay, well, that's not a bad. You know, you'll have to fight. She, has, she has a place in Rhode Island. I used to go go to to this place on the beach that yeah it, that looked up on her property, which is one of the most incredible properties you've ever seen. And she used to perform up there for her guests. I could never get into the property, but the Taylor Swift and me across the country, believe me, we've moved mountains. <laughs> That's a pretty good answer, Louie, huh? Yeah, huh? It was one of the better answers, actually. Um, I thought you were going to pick Margot Robbie, but Taylor Swift would be... I want to check the Jets' schedule coming up here. Can I just see what? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Patriots' schedule. They get the Dolphins, the right. Cowboys, Jets. and the Jets, right? Jets, Patriots, right. Dolphins, the Jets. Patriots, they, they, Dolphins, they, Jets, Cowboys. They, they, and I had picked them to go. You know, to lose all, all, all of those games, right through the Cowboys. Okay, the Jets play Dallas. They're at Dallas. You think they're going to beat Dallas with? With Watson or whatever his name is, Hack Wilson. Yeah, Hack Hack Zach Hack not Hack Wilson. His headband. Yeah. His headband will make difference in the game. I'll tell you one thing. No wait. Here's the Jets' schedule. The next three games are Dallas, New England, and Kansas City. Good <laughs> luck to you. Good luck to you, Zach. <laughs> wow. Wow, it's right. Then Denver and then Philadelphia. It's no picnic for them either. No, they're um, they're in trouble. That's why they, that's why they have to do a veteran thing pretty soon. The guy that, that they lost, um, I forget his name. It was a backup. He was pretty good. Mike uh, Mike White. Yeah, he went to Miami, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in Miami. Yeah, he'd be perfect right now. Perfect for that team. You know, but uh, they well, cannot. They cannot go to bat with Zach Wilson. They can't go one game with him there. They got to bring somebody in like Joe Flacco or somebody, anybody. You know, I, I want. I want them to be good. I want them to be competitive. Flacco, Mike Flacco is a stiff. He's been a stiff for quite a while now. You know that 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 maybe you go back to even. Did you see Zach even, Wilson play. Huh? 
You talk about stiffs. Have you seen Zach Wilson play? No, no, I know that. But what I'm saying is that 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 maybe maybe you bring back Matty Ice, somebody like that. I know he's doing TV now, but you get you know the guys that went to certain they places. They signed. They probably wish they'd signed Bailey Zappi at this point. <laughs> This could be like like Bob Gladshaw sitting in this in, at Harvard Stadium when the PA announcer asked him to go down and get dressed and go in and play. Maybe Why couldn't the, that happen to the Patriots on Sunday? As it was a case of the National Hockey League when the referee would got hurt and they called somebody in from the stands. Well, <laughs> what's wrong with a rule from the the National Hockey National Football League? Okay, you're allowed to pick one person from the stands during a game <laughs> if you need to. Tom Brady, cool. come on down. <laughs> Or Fireman Bob, that, <laughs> that, that guy from there. I, I mean, it, th- this could be one of the most fascinating weeks in pro football. Now, the other trend, at least through the early weeks, and something I claim that the NFL has really screwed up, but they don't care, and that is nobody hits in training camp anymore. You know, Everybody saves themselves because now they see 17 games are going to, have to play on Thursday night. And, and to me, it, it's really hurt the game because through the first three weeks, you're not really going to know a lot. Look at the game so far. They've all been defensive struggles in a league that, you know, that they, they want to throw the football every 10 seconds. And yet, on the other hand, look at some of the scores and look at some of the defensive struggles in these different games. And I believe that you won't really find out how good teams really are or are not for a good five, six, maybe seven weeks. These guys are not in shape. Baker Mayfield oh, yeah. looks pretty good in a Jets uniform right now. Who's that? Baker, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys. Anybody but this guy. This guy is horrible. You cannot I agree. I couldn't agree more. I could if he were if he were, if I were a Jets fan and hearing my quarterback, I would just I don't know what I do. And I think they know it, Upton. Don't you think they know it? I mean, I don't need I I couldn't believe when he came in to replace Rogers that he was still with them after last year. <laughs> I did too. I thought he was gone. I did too. I said, What are you what is this guy? I I, I watch they should bring Flutie in to play. They should bring Flutie back to play. I watched I watched his training camp stuff on Hard Knocks, and particularly one game he played in, and it seemed like Rodgers had really taken him under his wing. I mean, there's no question. The guy has What does so it mean? Much is he going to go, go meditate for four days in the dark? He, he, he could be, but there's no question the guy has great physical talent, but who knows? About the rest, there's yeah, flag there's, football, huh? No, he's potential you... in flag football. That's about it. He's awful, awful. <laughs> Upton, how could you, as my general manager, how could you not bring someone else in? Oh, I'm going. I would. Yeah, I, I, I would. But remember, even if you bring somebody in, the game's changed so much. You've got to get that person up to speed. I mean, they're not they're not going to be up to speed for two or three games. What does up to speed mean? They're in a whole new system. They've never done the system before. Well, you, you throw know. the ball or you run the ball. What's the difference? Well, it's not it's not that simple. Isn't, it, terminolo- isn't it just terminology? Uh, it's, 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 it's timing. There's a lot of things involved there. I mean, it's it just you're going to have to simplify everything in the beginning. 
to bring somebody into totally a new situation. I mean, even every year, if that's the case, even even Rogers, when he came in, look how long it took him and them to develop uh, a whole new routine. I mean, they they changed everything on the way they're doing. I don't think it's as simple as you guys think it is. I mean, they have to do it. They have to bring somebody in. And by now, they might already have somebody in. But but again, that's going to take time to get them up to speed. The only thing that saves them is that they really have a good defense. That's it. Good punt return team. They, they just rely on fourth down every time. They'll rely on, on scoring a touchdown every game. They got a kicker that can kick it off the in the clutch, off the post, off the off the upright, and have it in the biggest kick of his life. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen a team more cursed than the Jets? Well, I think I thought that they had passed it last night when they beat Buffalo, but I would no, apparently not. No, it's come back. I mean. Well, I have one question to ask you, and I've always wanted to ask you this. What was it like working with Arnold Palmer as the head when you were the owner of the Charlotte Hornets? The best. He, he gave was your me partner a partner with the Charlotte Hornets. He gave me a gold Cadillac, and he said, you can keep that Cadillac, Upton, as long as the team is here. The minute that they're gone, if they're gone, I want the Cadillac back the next day. And And – but he was great. He would come to all the games and he would tell the TV cameras because you know who did my TV and one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever had with anybody, Ted Turner did all our TV. Uh, I remember one time he flew in and uh, from Atlanta and see, they he owned uh, also a station right in Charlotte. So he comes walking in. This is 1975. 74, 75. Naturally, no socks. Feet up on the table. Lynchy, no socks. Yeah. <laughs> Feet up on the table, telling me how it's done. And it was a fascinating conversation. And then he said, you know, he said, I got this new network I'm, I'm probably going to found. And, and I said, well, what's that? He said, Cable News Network. He said, I'm, I'm not really sure it's going to work. <laughs> I said, probably not. What a stupid bastard I was. You know, I mean, that's that was two years before he finally went on the air with it. But you talk about a great showman. Between he and Arnold Palmer, and Palmer, as I said, came to the game, said no TV cameras on me, took all the salesmen to the game, and, and it was – just the time there, even though the team went under, was really an amazing experience with all of those people. And there were a lot of people. George Sauer, one of the strangest, but should have been a Hall of Fame receiver, quit the AFL, quit the NFL, because he didn't like certain things about football, came down and played for us. And I get a call one day from the FBI. <clears throat> the FBI said, Mr. Bell, not that I didn't have a 100 other problems. He said, Mr. Bell, we believe Patty Hearst is at George Sauer's place. I'm saying, Jesus Christ, are you are you kidding me? I said, come on. This is fantasy. They said, well, that's 
That's the reports. Do you know anything about them? I said, you know, I tell the FBI, I said, my team can't win. What the hell do I care if Patty Hearst is with them? Okay, one more question before we leave, okay? Because guys, that's, that's I, it. What? Well, that's well, it. Wait a no, no. Hold on. Can you get a, unless you, I wanted to ask this. I should have asked this so much earlier about the the, the emergence of black quarterbacks in the, in the National Football League. All of a sudden, black quarterbacks have come to dominate, pretty much dominate the league in many respects. When at one time it was really unusual. I think the Washington Redskins might have been the first one with a black quarterback. Actually, no, it was the Rams, James Harris. Yeah. And had a full-time, full-time. See, I scouted all of those quarterbacks. And and John Eisenberg, who you guys are going to have on, a friend of mine who's an author, has written a book on the emergence and the background of the great African-American quarterbacks. And one of the things during the 60s when I first started to go out scouting is I remember I would go to the colleges. I saw Marlon Briscoe. I saw them all. And... <clears throat> And I remember saying, these guys can play. I, I, I said, this is ridiculous. This is real prejudice. This is bullshit. And so there was a case just before I left to come up here that I saw a quarterback that I love. And that was the year that Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, and Dan Pastorini went one, two, three in the draft. And I had rated number four a quarterback from Texas A&I who, who I really thought was, was the guy that, that really could break the color line. And so I drafted him and, and we had Unitas and we had more. We had just come off the Super Bowl, And basically I finally convinced them to draft the guy. What's his name now? But to draft him, from Texas A&I, 6'3", 215, could run like the wind. It sounds a, like Trump's measurements. Yeah, right, right. Trump's ready to play. I I don't, I, yeah, at, at, at what, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, I always thought, I talked to his coach was at Texas A&I, Gil Stanky. And Gil Stanky, I knew because Gil Stanky played for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the 40s. And he was his quarterback coach and head coach. And he said, this guy is ready to play. So I drafted him over the objections of the coaches. And basically, he got cut. Then went to Canada and had an absolutely great career. How many players that I saw, the James Harris's, the Marlon Briscoe's, you name them, that could have played and didn't. Uh, to me, it was a very, very sad time. I remember going into certain African-American schools and the coach would say to me, this boy can play. But I know you guys and I know you guys in Baltimore and in the NFL, you aren't going to play a black quarterback. And I said, coach, well, that's not true. Well, it was true, but just think of then and think of now, and a majority of your, starting with Patrick Mahomes, the majority of your quarterbacks are African-American. What a change. Two things 
if you if you talk black linebacker or quarterback, they look at you. You walked into a room, and with the coaches, they look at you like, "Hey, kid, save it." So, uh, John Eisen <clears throat> written this book, and and he'll be a great guest for you guys. He's a great writer. Has written on the Orioles, written baseball, written football. One of the best writers in America. But that's his whole book. It's about the emergence of the black athlete. But what happened to a lot of them? Marlon Briscoe went into Denver and basically helped helped them save their season. And then when he came back the next year, they said, "We're moving you back to wide receiver." Imagine how much that would piss you off if you're Marlon Briscoe. But what could he do? He ended up signing with the Bills back again as a receiver. Tremendous athlete. Well, Bobby, thank uh, you so much um, for, for helping out the two unemployed sportscasters here. And uh, made our day. And uh, who knows, a lot, I, I, I can guarantee you, but we're taping this on Tuesday, September 12th. So much is going to happen, and so much is going to happen between now and next Tuesday, the 19th, when we uh, we open up the microphones again. So thanks, Uppy. Well, you know, like sportscasting might come back into business this week. Jesus, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you guys should have me on every week. Anyway, um, one of the things I will tell you if you would publicize is my collection at UMass Amherst, which okay. takes a look that takes a look at football, college, and pro game from the 1880s to today. And here's something I'm not sure I told both you guys. And I'm not sure how many people I told, but we have found letters between Abraham Lincoln and my great grandmother. Really? And they're in the collection. Uh, and so there's great history there. My grandfather was the founder of the NCA and negotiated with Teddy Roosevelt not to close football down. But all the great names that you've seen going starting then all the way through to today is in there. And your, your interviews, I'll, I'll get a copy of it from your people. All your interviews will be in there. You guys will be immortalized in this. We're famous, Bob. Well, it's about famous, time, man. all I can say. We've well, waited yeah. around long enough. Good things, enough. good things happen, or bad things happen to good people, but good things happen to good people, too. How much so. do you think all this cost me? Huh? <laughs> How much do you think all this cost me? I wanted to show. Huh, look at that. You, know, you can't see that sign down here. You can't, hold on a second. I've been, I gotta show this. Hold on, Lucky. Okay. I did, I did a lot of work to get this out. Oh, what a stupid chair. I've got the sign. Hey, Bob, I've got the sign. Lynchy. Get this. Lobel and I, uh, it's the first year we're doing the show at BZ. So Lobel and I went, went to New Hampshire and, and had a few drinks. And no. the next, next thing I know, Loby says to me, let's go to my street. <clears throat> and, and we went to his street. And did we have a, how do we cut that sign down? Well, I've got a ladder. Got, he got a lot. I'm saying, holy Christ. You know, it was a street cop, sign. It was called Upton Lane. Upton Lane. That's where I lived, on Upton Lane in New Hampshire. 
That is in the collection. With you, so I, had, I actually stole the street sign, and I apologize to the people in Goffstown. But, but tell them, it's like it's like being with Abraham Lincoln. But this okay. is this is really an important <laughs> artifact, and is in the collection. He's actually signed it, Lynchy. But there That'd we are, crazy. you guys. If we Famous. get caught, if we get caught, you know, there's Lobel sewing this. Upton Lane off the thing, and I'm saying, holy Christ! If they, if they, if they catch us with this, we'll we'll be out of a job. But yeah, that's almost got electrocuted. That's you know. That's right. That's right. Holy God! All right, well, thanks for being with us, Upton. This is it, right? That's yeah, it. It is actually. Yeah. You guys <laughs> don't want to do another hour. Okay. No, we can't. no it's all right. It's all right. We're busy. We got things to do. <laughs> we got to try out for quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> Bye, All right, guys. See you soon. Good job. Good job, Lynchy. All right. Good see you job. next week. See you next week, guys. Well, you won't see me for a while, but I'll see you next week. All right. Okay. Hang in, buddy. I'll see you, my. Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com.